sunrise. As you can hear, I spent a week at camp. I spent a week worshiping and screaming at kids and screaming instructions towards kids. And because of that, I don't really have a voice. This morning, Nathan and I played around for, what, 10 minutes trying to get my mic to even sound remotely good. But, well, we'll get there someday. Back in July, when the pastoral team asked me, hey, aren't you supposed to preach on part of your internship process to become an AG pastor? And I was like, well, maybe technically. But um, Pastor Mark is down at General Council, and he said, hey, August 4th, you're preaching because no one else is going to be here. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, but it worked out that Zach was able to come back. So Zach and Tim are here, so I'm not alone. And all part of my AG credentialing process is classes, is a book report, reading a book. I got a mentorship under Pastor Mark learning how to do this, how to preach, how to prep weddings, how to do baptisms, how to do baby dedications, and funerals. So I've been working with Pastor Mark trying to learn the daily lifestyle, the daily needs of what a pastor is supposed to do. And the AG Minsam, the credentialing team I'm working with, gave me a stack of papers, 10 to 15 pages long, of different expectations that I have to meet before I can become credentialed. Again, that was classes, book report, um, and I have to pass an interview later on this year but I should be all wrapped up in November and I should be officially Pastor Tyler in like November. So woohoo, go me. But I like this little packet they gave me because it gave me a clear set of expectations that I needed to meet before I could call myself Pastor Tyler. It was clean, crisp, and simple. Not easy, simple. I don't like schooling. Schooling is not, does not come easy to me. It's just something that... <laughs> um, it doesn't come easy to me. But just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not something I have to do to become a pastor. So with these expectations, when they become muddied is when disappointment or frustration or something else like pain or just general like unrest when expectations aren't met. When you begin to feel frustrated because, oh, I didn't know I had these expectations put upon me. I didn't know I had all of this over me. And I'm not in the position yet, but husbands and wives on the outside, I've seen this happen. I've seen what can happen when expectations aren't said and then aren't met. I've seen what that can lead to. But the same thing goes with uh, your job. When you're starting a job, you got your expectations all laid out in front of you, right? You have your interview, you have your boss or your interviewer saying, hey, this is what we expect of you in your new job. This is what we want you to do. But later on, as you begin to work, as your years go on, you begin to learn other expectations. You begin to learn, hey, this job is expecting me to do other things that weren't told of me right up front. But you learn them. You know that they're part of there. The same with relationships. You begin to learn the other person. You begin to learn the expectations that they might have for you. They might, and you begin to learn all of that. And the same goes 
with our relationship with Jesus. Jesus has clear, given expectations that he expects us to follow as we grow with him. And I believe James is one of the books in the Bible that gives those expectations as clearly as any book can. James lays it out point blank. And today we're gonna be in James chapter two. Chapter two, 14 through 17. And as we get there, he's gonna be explaining to us a couple of expectations of how we're supposed to live our life in faith. So in James 2, 14 through 17. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. Now really, I don't believe that needs any more explaining. Explanation. I believe James does a really good job of saying how it is. Of if you have faith, if you have the name of Jesus in your heart, you should have works. But you can't flip that around. You can't go the other way. You can't say, my works earns my salvation. You can't say, I'm a good person, so Jesus, you have to love me. It doesn't work that way. It's the other way around. Jesus, I love you. And that's where we begin to have our works base. We begin by being planted in Jesus. We begin to have a foundation in his truth, in his love. And over time, then he begins to fill us with his presence, with his scripture. And out of our love for him, out of the overflow of what he has given us, we can then begin to meet the needs of other people. And on, on this process, our tree can... Sorry, <laughs> I skipped the part. We're planted in Jesus, and as a tree, we begin to grow. We begin to give fruit. But along the way, we can begin to lose our lower branches. We can begin to die out. And that's kind of where my story is, was. I planted in Jesus at about 13 years old. I was at a youth, a youth convention, and that's where I was like, Jesus, I am yours. I want to be yours and that's where my growth started. But at the same time, the devil also planted something in me as well. He planted an addiction to pornography. And at the same time, I was growing my tree, but this addiction was also growing. And fast forward about 10 years. Through these 10 years, I was going up the Jesus mountain. I was going up on the highs of camps. I was going up on the highs of youth group and just, I'm going after God. I'm going after God. But then right back down, you guys know this roller coaster, right back down to where, no, you're stuck back in the addiction. 10 years later, I was at a salt conference in 2017. And I fully gave my life right there. That is where I replanted. That is where I began to regrow my tree. Because overnight, 
when I brought my sin to Jesus, when I brought it to the light, he took it like that, overnight, clean. He took it overnight. And that's what can happen when you bring yourself back and plant back in Jesus. Because when you plant back in Jesus and you remember that you are growing in him and you begin to fill your tree back up with scripture, with prayer and his presence, that's when your works, that's when the love that you have for other people can go out and reach out the needs of other people. Because there's also the other side. We've got planted in Jesus, we have my story, but then we have people who might be a follower of Jesus for years and years and years. And you were faithful for two decades, three decades, however long, but then we begin to lose our persistent walk with Jesus. We begin to lose our works. And then I, I believe that this scripture begins to apply to you again. That what good is your faith if you do not have works? And we can begin as Christians to bundle up in churches, to bundle up and get so packed together that just like a pine forest, you have the face, you have the top, but you have nothing but dead inside. And just like a pine forest, if you spread those trees out, if you plant them out farther apart, covering more ground, covering more, shading more ground, those trees begin to bring back life. And if you remember to always come back and plant in Jesus, you will always be able to come back and realize that I have faith and I have works. I was at camp this week and I realized there were 750 kids there. Some of them grew up through the kids camp, so they were constantly going to kids camp. They could have, I think there was like eight years they could have up to going to the combined week that we went. Then you had the seniors who go through all of the years of combined camp. But something that struck me was no matter how many times they go, no matter how many times they go back to that altar, they're worshiping Jesus like it was the first time they ever called him Jesus. They were worshiping him just like it was the first time. So that inspired me because whether we're on our walk in Jesus, no matter where we are in our growth, if we have just been planted in Jesus, we've just asked him to come in our life, or where we're, you know, a few years down the road, where I was. If we're there, we come back to Jesus, or if we're down here. 30 years of following Jesus, but we've kind of just lost our, lost our passion for him. No matter where you're at, like you're the seniors, 18-year-olds, not seniors. Me, or just planted in Christ, we all have one thing in common. A need to remember to always be planted in Jesus. 
And when we plant in Jesus, we remember we have to seek out Scripture, just like James 2. We have to seek it out. We can't just set it on our bed and say, God, fill me, but not put the work in to do it. So just like at youth camp, I want to encourage everyone that this morning, I want to seek out Jesus like it was the first time. But some of us may not have any experience yet in what that looks like. Some of us haven't planted our tree yet. And I encourage you that this morning will be the perfect time because everyone around you will be seeking Jesus like it was the first time, just like you will be. So if you decide this morning, I want to plant my tree in Jesus, I want to know what it's like to call him Father. You won't be alone because people five years in their walks, 10 years in their walks, 50 years in their walks with Christ will be going after God like it was the first time. And Kyle, would you mind coming up and leading us here? At the altars during youth camp, Kids could have been going after God for upwards of eight to ten years. But every single time, they came back and they sought Jesus just like it was the first time. So I encourage you, it's not something I've seen here in a, in a long time. But I encourage every single one, identify where you are in your walk. Are you 30 years planted in Christ, but you need, a, you need a refreshing, you need to go back after God so you can begin to grow out and give your fruit again? Are you like me, where you were planted a couple of years ago and never really grew? You had a tree, but you didn't, you didn't have the fruit to go with it. Are you just planted in Christ, or is today going to be your first day? I want everyone who decides that they want to go after God like it was the first time to come up front. Come up front here. Step out in faith, out of the comfort zone of the pew. The kids, they had no problem with it. They were storming the altars 10 minutes before worship was happening because they wanted to be up front and they wanted to worship God. A church here, we need to be the leaders of that. We need to be the leader, leaders leading that charge. And I want to encourage you guys that as Kyle plays for us, come up front, step out, take that step of courage, but also remember to go after Jesus like it was the first time. Remember to go after him. Because when you go after him, you'll be able to go after others. So as we close, I will pray for you and please find out where you're at in your walk because it's time to go after God. It's time to remember Jesus, you are the one. 
You are the one that I will go after no matter how many times I come to the altar. Jesus, you are the one that I will continually serve. Jesus, I will remember that you are the one to grow my tree. Every once in a while, we just need that. We just need that. I'm going after you, God. No matter what that looks like for you, remember to go after who God made you to be. He has called us as Christians to give fruit to the world. But the only way to do that correctly is to remember that Christ is our Father. Father, thank you for everyone who has stepped out in faith, stepped out for the first time, stepped out in love, a love for you, Jesus, a stepping out and remembering who you are. Jesus, I pray for the first person who might be coming to you for the first time that father they are coming to you with arms wide open saying God I can't do this on my own and father I pray I pray for the person who was like me I pray for the person who was like me planted in you years ago but is just now saying God Please take me, take me in my sin, take me in what I have hidden from you. And God, I pray for the person who might be after you for 30 years, who just needs a refreshing of your spirit, who just, who just needs to remember, no God, it's, it's continual. It's a continually going after you, God. And I thank you for everyone up here. And I thank you that together, no matter where we are, we will go after you like it was the first time. We will go after you together in Christ, whether it's first saved or 50 years saved. In Jesus' name. around me. 
me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins, and I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God, and I'm no God's light.